Would you like to turn to uh, James chapter 4? And I'm reading from verse 1, James chapter 4, reading from verse 1. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely? But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. And uh, we pray this morning that as we open up your word, that you would speak into our hearts, into our lives, into our minds. And that you would change and transform us into the people that you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been with us over the last uh, few Sunday mornings. Um, You will know that we've been uh, looking at uh, this uh, series that we're calling an extreme makeover. And uh, the idea is that... uh, that we want Jesus to change us, not just our uh, outward appearance, uh, but inwardly. We want to have a spiritual makeover so that Jesus changes us and makes us into the people that we want us, he wants us to be. And we've been looking at the book of James. We've been working through James uh, chapter by chapter. Uh, we began in chapter 1 and we were looking at the ears and we said that God wanted to give us all big ears. So that we could hear what God was saying, but also that we would have an ear to hear what other folk were saying. And then we were looking at the hands in James chapter 2, and we said that God wanted us to give us dirty hands. That he wanted us to roll up our sleeves and be involved. And he wanted us not just to believe his word, but put his word into action. The idea that faith and action uh, go together hand in hand. And then last week we were thinking about the tongue. And... uh, we decided that Jesus, if he was doing a makeover on a tongue, he'd give us a pierced tongue. Uh, he would help us to be careful about how we spoke and the words that we use. Well, this week we continue with our extreme makeover. And uh, in James chapter 4, uh, we're thinking about backs. Now just go with me for a minute on this one. 
Um, what I want you to do is, uh, is just to stand up a moment. We've been sat down for a while, so just stand up. Um, unless you sat on, on the front row, and, or unless there's nobody sat in, in front of you, what I want you to do is put your hands in the air. There's nothing charismatic about this. Just trust me, I'm a Baptist minister. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> put your hands up in the air. Uh, move them forward, and so they're resting on the shoulder of the people in front of you. People in front of you might have to move back a little bit. And then just start massaging the people's backs. Just start massaging the people's backs. There we go. There you go. Now, if nothing else, you've come to church this morning and you've got a back massage. Uh, my apologies if you didn't get one. Um, but there will be people after the service who are willing to, we've got a team of people uh, who are willing to lay hands on you and, and pray for you, uh, but also maybe massage your backs. Well, we're thinking about a makeover and we're thinking about backs, but actually, uh, that was really just a bit of fun, a bit of participation, because actually I, I don't think uh, Jesus would want to massage our backs this morning. Uh, if he was to do a makeover on our backs, actually, I think he would give us uh, hunched backs. Now, nobody wants a hunchback, do they? Um, you know, as soon as we mention hunchbacks, uh, we get in our mind the, the pictures of the hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, you've probably seen the Disney cartoon. And uh, most of the things sat here are thinking, well, I don't want a hunchback. But the idea of a hunchback is it becomes hunched uh, because we spend so much time uh, bowed down. And uh, this morning we're thinking about the fact that when we come to worship, when we come to worship God, there's only one way we can come, and that is bow down before our Maker. And uh, in James chapter 4, uh, James sets out uh, a basic principle. And uh, he introduces this idea of humility. And James sets before us this idea that we either live a life to gratify our own desires... And we do what we want to do all the time. Or we submit ourselves to the will of God. James warns of the consequences of living a life that seeks to please ourselves. He says, what causes quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. Doesn't sound very good, does it? <laughs> but it's true. It's true. Uh, Rick Warren in his book, Better Together, says this. It is human nature to think of ourselves first. We naturally do what is our own best interest, often without regard for how it affects others. Self-centeredness is the root of practically every problem both personally and globally. Selfish passions. Your desires that battle within. You see, um, this self-centeredness that is part of our humanity, that we put ourselves first, we'll be foolish to think that we don't bring some of that into church life. We'd be sadly mistaken 
if we don't think that uh, we leave our selfishness and our self-centeredness at the doors of the church and when we walk through the doors, uh, we suddenly become uh, humble uh, people. Because it is part of our human nature to do things that please us. And, uh, and we see it, don't we, in the life of the church. Um, we see it all the time. Uh, for many uh, years... Um, churches have struggled in what's sometimes being referred to as worship wars. Quarrels and fights in churches about the way that they worship. And this has been going on since, uh, certainly since I can remember in the 70s and 80s. And uh, it's still with us today. And very often at the heart of these uh, battles for how we worship is a self-interest. Uh, this is the way that I think we should worship. Uh, and sometimes, of course, we, uh, we, we, we put it in language that sounds kind of spiritual. Uh, but at the end of the day, what we're really saying is, this is what I prefer. And uh, what we have a tendency to do is to try and put our preferences on other people. And we say, this is the more spiritual act of worship. And it just happens to be uh, the type of worship that I enjoy. Uh, selfish desires. And James reminds us that there is only really one way to worship God. And that worship involves humility and humbling ourselves and bowing down. You see, we live in a world where uh, we're encouraged to stand tall, you know, to have straight backs. And uh, a word that encourages us to take pride in ourselves. And uh, the kingdom of God is totally different. The kingdom of God says, bow down. Uh, Don't take pride in yourselves. Uh, Don't do the things that you want to do. Our selfish desires very often uh, lead to quarrels and fights because uh, we want something so badly that we fight for it. Um, uh, Selfish plans. Selfish plans. You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and you covet, James says. Sounds a little bit strong, doesn't it? Uh, Because we don't kill people in this church, do we? But sometimes, you know, we destroy people. We might not kill them, but we destroy them. Because we try and uh, make them do things the way that we want them to do things. And all of us, and sometimes we've been in church meetings, haven't we? And uh, if we're honest, we've seen fights and quarrels in church meetings. And very often, the root of the fights and quarrels is because people want to get their own way. People want something and they try to bring that to the meeting. And again, we can, we can dress it up in all sorts of spiritual language. Uh, but at the end of the day, we want something. And we try and get it. And James says, this shouldn't be how it is. We battle over all sorts of things, don't we? This is the battle of the Lord's Prayer. Whether to say, uh, forgive us our debts or forgive us our trespasses. Uh, over the years, you know, churches have battled over ridiculous things and of course, very often the things that don't really matter. One of the things that I've noticed in church life is very often the things that we quarrel about, the things that we fall out about, are not really the things that matter. They're the things that, that are trivial really. And uh, really what matters is what God wants, not what we want. It's what God wants. And James says, you know, these things that cause quarrels and fights, uh, they all come from this selfish desire, this pride that we think that we know best. 
And uh, we inflict what we think we know on other people. And James says, it even goes to our prayers that we end up praying selfish prayers. Because they come out of the desires to have things that we want. So we pray, God, bless our plans. Bless our ambitions. Bless what we've decided we're going to do. Instead of seeking God and trying to discern his will. And it's interesting that, uh, you know, um, all these things that James is talking about, really, they are childish things. Those of you that had children will know that most of the time children fall out is when they don't get what they want. Uh, you know, one child wants to watch one program on television, the other child wants to watch something else. One child wants to play with a toy, the other child wants to play with the same toy. And they fall out and they quarrel because they don't get what they want. And I was interested that in the message version, uh, in this passage, uh, Eugene Patterson, in his paraphrase, ends up by saying, You're spoiled children, each wanting your own way. You're spoiled children, each wanting your own way. Humility frees us from that pride. The world in which we live in is different from the kingdom of God. The principles in the world outside are stance-all. Go for what you want. Try and be the best that you can. When Chris Tarrant asked the question, who wants to be a millionaire? The answer is everybody does. Because we've brought into that idea... That, uh, that money is the answer to all our problems, that riches is the answer to everything. And James' words are very appropriate for the world in which we live in. Humility frees us from such a world and enables us to do something that our pride will never allow us to do. You see, in worship we shouldn't stand tall. When we're worshipping God, we shouldn't be full of ourselves. We shouldn't think that we've got all the answers. When you really come into the presence of God, you know you're in the presence of God because you don't feel good about yourself. You become aware of the fact that you're not as good as you thought you were. You become aware of the fact that you're in the presence of a holy God. And one of the things about being in the presence of a holy God is that we're not as holy as God is. We try, we attempt to be, but we don't come anywhere near. And the only way we can come to God is in humility and we bow down in worship. So humility frees us from pride. Secondly, humility helps us to submit to God. Humility actually helps us to submit to God. Now, there's something about submitting, that uh, that word that we don't like. Something about it that we don't like. It it sounds like, you know, we're surrendering, we're, we're giving up. And again, of course, in the world, this is what the world says you should never do. Um, it's, it's a word that's probably equated with losers rather than winners. You know, winners give in, winners surrender. You know, they raise the white flag and they say we are beaten people. You know, in a, in a wrestling match, uh, when somebody surrenders, uh, they've lost the fight. In football, obviously, Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, Manchester City, at some stage during the season, they'll have to submit to the idea and the fact that United are going to win the Premiership. It's, it's inevitable, isn't it? You know, And uh, we don't like it, do we? We don't like this idea of submitting, of surrendering. But James says, when it comes to our relationship with God, this is the only way. He says, 
You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think the scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely, but he gives more grace? God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You know, uh, our text for the year is about God's kingdom coming. It's about his will be done. And uh, the thing about James is it's full of things that are very similar to things that Jesus said. Don't forget, you know, James, the, we said at the beginning of this series that uh, we believe that uh, James, who's writing uh, this letter, is James, the brother of Jesus. And so we shouldn't be surprised that lots of the things we find in James, we also find on the lips of Jesus. Jesus said, um, he called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom. This is how Jesus lived. He came and he served people. He didn't come and say, look at me, I'm the Son of God. Look at me, aren't I wonderful? Look at me, aren't I great? Look at these miracles. In fact, he said, don't tell anybody about the miracles. Those who want to be the greatest among you have to be the least. Those who want to be the first have to be last. And as we saw with the children, you know, nobody wants to be at the end of the queue, do they? None of us want to be last. This is going against everything within our human nature. Right now, there is something inside of you that will want to fight against this. Because the idea of being the back of the queue, the idea of being last, the idea of submitting, the idea of surrendering, is against everything within us. Because we live in this world that lifts people up, that celebrates celebrity culture. You know, everybody wants to be a celebrity. Why? So that people bow down and worship and say, aren't they wonderful, aren't they great? And this is the culture that we live in. And, and, and you can think, well, I'm not affected about it. But if you, you're not affected about it if you don't watch television, if you don't read magazines, if you don't uh, read the newspaper. If you walk around this world with your eyes shut, then you're not affected about it. But most of it seeps into us. And it even seeps into Christianity. You know, we have celebrity Christians now. Um, you know, that sign autographs and, uh, and, 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 you know, people want to have their picture taken with them and things like that. And we get, we get, we, we get pulled into this thing because we live, this is the world that we live in. And James says, the kingdom of God is different than this. This isn't what it's about. If you want to be the first, then you've got to be the last. And this is what his brother Jesus said. Humility helps us to submit to God. Jesus reminds, James reminds his readers of this when he points out that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. The kingdom of God is a kingdom where the last become first, where the least become the greatest. Of course, it isn't that God is, uh, you know, some sort of cosmic killjoy. It isn't that, that, that God's up in heaven and he doesn't want us to enjoy life and, and he doesn't want us to get the best out of life. In fact, again, Jesus, the reason why he came, he didn't say the reason that I came was to spoil all your fun. He didn't say the reason that I came was to catch you out and make your life miserable. He didn't say, I came so that you would have a dull and boring life. Jesus said, 
I have come in order that you might have life and life in all its fullness. God wants us to have full lives. God wants us to enjoy lives that are vibrant and, uh, and healthy lives. But the way into that kind of life is not the way that the world would tell us. You see, the world would tell us that if you want a full life, then you have to have lots of things. Then you have to live in a certain, a certain way. And there's this phrase that's being coined, isn't it? Living the dream. And the people that live in the dream have big houses and big cars and loads of money and uh, get the adoration of all the people. And this is, this, is, this is the message that the world is giving all the time. And uh, Jesus suggests that you can have a full life without all these things. That you can have the best life possible because it's the life that God intended for you. And in this extreme makeover series, we're wanting Jesus to do a makeover and to get rid of all these ideas that have seeped into us from the world. Humility helps us to surrender to God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the prayer that Jesus gives us to pray. And for God's kingdom to come and for his will to be done, we have to lose all those selfish ideas. All the, all the I and all the me. And we have to allow God to have his way amongst us. So humility helps us to be able to submit to God. You cannot stand tall in the presence of God. You cannot stand tall. People full of faith don't stand tall. People full of faith stand small. They bow down in worship. And of course, humility brings us closer to God. Humility is the thing that actually brings us closest to God. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. This is the great secret that uh, remains hidden. So many people actually want to get near to God. So many people long for a closeness with God. So many people in our world really want that. And, uh, and we've got the secret. We know what it's about. We know how to get there. But it involves humility. Last year we, uh, we looked at this book, God is Closer Than You Think. Uh, and uh, John Ottenberg, you probably can't read it, but in, in between God is Closer Than You Think, he says that, that this can be the greatest moment of your life because this moment is the place where you can meet God. It's the idea that in this moment, right here, right now, you can be in the presence of God. But you have to submit yourself to God. You have to bring yourself close to God and God will draw closer to you. We've already mentioned that later this year, beginning of March, we're going to be doing this thing called 40 Days of Purpose. And we're going to be looking at this book, uh, The Purpose Driven Life. And this is what Rick Warren says at the beginning of the book. He says... Uh, it's not about you. It's not about you. The purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest and dream, uh, dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you're placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You must begin with God. We're hoping that the 40 days of purpose will give people a real chance to 
to come close to God. A real opportunity for that closeness of God that people really do long for. And uh, we're going to ask people to commit themselves. You know, we're frightened, aren't we? We're asking for commitment. Because, again, it's a message that we've got from the world out there that nobody wants to be committed to anything. And uh, during this 40 days of purpose, we're going to ask people to commit themselves to four things. To hearing the message on a Sunday morning, to reading a chapter this 40 days of purpose, to attending a small uh, group once a week, and to learning a memory verse. And we're going to ask for that commitment. We're going to ask for commitment, because Jesus didn't shy away of asking for people to commit themselves. Jesus didn't shy away of asking for commitment. So humility, it will bring us closer to God. If you want to get close to God this morning, then you have to humble yourselves. You have to submit. You have to bow down. You see, we grow up, don't we, with this idea that God's somewhere up there, that he's distant, that he's far away, and uh, that we can't possibly get close to him. Some people here this morning feel that they can't come close to him because you don't feel good enough. Let me tell you, you'll never be good enough. And you don't need to be good enough because Jesus... Through his death on the cross, uh, defeated death and sin once and for all, and enabled us to enter into the very presence of God. You can come into the presence of God, not because of anything in yourselves or of yourself, but because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Humility, well, it's like underwear. You know, we should all have it, but we should never let it show. We don't want it to be a false humility. There's no prize for the most humble pastor. There isn't. There is no prize. And of course, again, that's what most people are looking for in this world, aren't they? They're looking for the pat on the back. They're looking for the prize. They're looking uh, to be honoured by people. And humility means that we don't get a pat on the back, that we don't get a prize. And James says, you know, there is something that we can do that will bring us closer to God. But notice what it is. You know, it's no great act. It's no great work. It's nothing other than submitting ourselves to God. Bowing down. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will be the one that lifts us up. You see, the problem in this world is people are looking for honour in the wrong place. People are looking for glory in the wrong place. They're looking for honour and glory from other people. And they're looking for other people To give them a lift up. And the person that will lift us up is God. When we humble ourselves, the amazing thing is about our God. And James says it in verse 10 there. He says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. He will lift you up. And so, how do we approach God? Well, humility brings us closer to God. If you want to be close to God this morning, then you need to bow down. You need to get rid of all those selfish ideas, all those selfish plans, even those selfish prayers. And we submit to God's will. We say, God, I'm going to submit to your will and to your way. Even if that means throwing away all my ideas and plans and ambitions. Your kingdom come, your will be done. At the end of the day... We will all bow down. When we enter into the wonderful presence of God, when we finish with this life, uh, when we go to heaven, uh, we won't be standing tall. When we, when we enter that throne room, uh, we will know that God is there 
And uh, our reaction will be to bow down. We all bow down.